Welcome to Seeking God's Grace podcast, a place to share stories about life, faith and passion. My name is Grace and I am a sister of the Holy Family of Nazareth, or as some prefer to say, I'm a Catholic nun. I hope that this podcast will help you and me to find God in everyday life experiences and to understand God and yourself a little bit better. Let's talk and seek God together. Hello everyone. Today's topic, Easter. Is it to live happily ever after? Yes, this is the question that I would like to ask myself and hopefully uh, maybe spend some time asking you and talking about what Easter means for you. But before that, last week we talked about Holy Week and how can we incorporate everyday life experiences into the church liturgy. We were invited to open the Bibles and to read the story of the last week of Jesus' life on earth. Today, in this another episode in which I will invite you to open your Bibles and uh, this will be the time when we will look at Easter in a very similar way. Once again, this is not a historical reconstruction of the events of Jesus' life or resurrection. This is simply a story which is told or retold by people who met Jesus, who met resurrected Jesus and shared it with others. Let's start with the name itself, Easter. It is important to point out that while the name Easter is used in English-speaking uh, world, many more cultures refer to it with totally different terms. So the word Passover in Aramaic, Greek and Latin, because of the connection with the Jewish uh, Passover, Pascal uh, celebration that was happening at that very time, in which Jesus, as a matter of fact, participated as well. In my uh, first language, in Polish, Easter is Wielkanoc, which I will, if, if I will break into two pieces, will be Great Night. And I actually quite like it, because when you think about what's happening to Jesus, this is exactly what it is. This is his Great Night. So um, Easter, it's not a historical event, but it is a fact. Well, well, what does it mean? <laughs> to make the event or fact historical, we need people who would witness it. Uh, for example, if there is a very significant uh, war or event, you, you have people who have seen, you have people who could record, you, who, you could have people who will say when happened, what happened and how it happened. In Jesus' resurrection situation, we actually don't have anyone who witnessed the moment of resurrection. We don't know exactly how was it, because no one saw it. Even the soldiers that were in the front of the tomb were actually asleep. So what do we know? We know only about encounters with resurrected Jesus, not about resurrection itself. I think it's worth mentioning, and this is why I kind of elaborated on it a little bit more. Easter day and Easter week in the Bible. What is there? Is this a story about super happy disciples and 
uh, Blessed Mary, who finally was very happy. Well, is it the happily ever after story? Not quite, but it is a very interesting story. So on Easter Sunday, uh, you could uh, read the fragment from the Gospel according to John or according to Luke that will tell you about an empty tomb. Well, how? Well, they were people who had to guard the tomb, two soldiers from Roman, but there were also women who were supposed to go early in the morning on Easter Sunday as Passover celebration was over and anoint Jesus' body. I cannot even imagine how these women have felt. I cannot even imagine how disciples felt. I can't even imagine what Blessed Mary felt at that time. From the terrific entry to Jerusalem to the horrific events of Passover to the darkest hour of betraying Jesus and now seeing Jesus' body in the tomb. And even worse, they actually learned that the tomb was empty. What does it mean? Did it mean that Jesus is out and about and alive? Was it so straightforward to believe, so easy? I don't think so. I, I quite often was wondering about the disciples and all the people who I just listed here. What did they feel at that time? What kept them together? Well, some old tradition said that everyone was sitting again in the upper room, that they spent the time there and that they all prayed together, that they were all recalling story of Jesus. We don't know that, but I would imagine that it could happen. So, story of John and Luke for this Sunday will tell us. Women went to the tomb. They had the angel who told them, go to the disciples and tell them that Jesus is alive. He rose from the death. And once Peter and others heard about it, the gospel said Peter ran back to the tomb and saw uh, parts of Jesus' clothes and bandages there. And he was amazed. Easter Sunday make me feel hopeful that God understands our frustration, that God understands that we are sitting somewhere in the upper room in our life. Quite often, when we don't see the miracle in our life yet, and the only thing we see is an empty tomb, those moments make me feel that uh, Jesus understands. Even he is invisible. He is patiently waiting. Waiting to appear in my life. When and how can I make my appearance to you? This is his thoughts, which I imagine. Are you ready to meet me? So the Easter Sunday reading asked me a question. Am I ready to be amazed by God's presence in resurrected Jesus? And as we open the Bible, we see throughout the week different readings. And again, this is not his historical 
uh, chronological reconstruction of the events of, after Jesus' resurrection. These are just stories, stories of people who have met Jesus, stories which we can read in the Bible on consecutive days after Easter for seven days, which we called actually octave. Easter plus seven, that's eight. Octave, that's from Latin. Easter Monday. The Gospel from Matthew 28, um, chapter. Women came to the tomb, saw the empty tomb, met the angel who told them to go to the disciples and tell them that Jesus had risen. Similar story like the day before. But the story goes into a little bit more details. They hear, do not be afraid. These are already an encounter with Jesus' words. He says, go tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. How faithful, how trustful am I to God's word? Sometimes we have something what we say, God's feeling. Uh, we, we, we know inside ourselves what we have to do, which way to go. And it's hard to take the risk. So it's hard to trust God. It's, it's hard to see those voices within us, which are maybe, maybe not coming from Jesus. Resurrected, Jesus says, go and you will see me. This is a question of trust. Can I trust God? Can others trust me? Can people rely on me? Can I tell the truth or keep secret equally? Am I trustworthy? That's what I take from this uh, Easter Monday readings from Gospel of Matthew. And we go to Tuesday. Mary Magdalene does not recognize Jesus. Uh, we are back to the Gospel of John. And this story is again quite incredible. Once again, we are finding ourselves by the tomb of Jesus. It is empty. And Mary, maybe Magdalene, maybe not. It doesn't really matter, one of them. Is there to balm Jesus' body, as they were all in a hurry due to Passover feast before. The conversation with the angel and Jesus, uh, who appears to be just a gardener, turns into face-to-face -face experience between Mary and Jesus. Rabbi, says Mary, when she hears her name, is it you? And then she knows that this is him. And the question for me from this gospel is, if I am like Jesus, can people recognize in me, in my actions, Jesus' teaching? Can they see in me at least a disciple of Christ, a student of Christ? How? How is it transparent? Maybe not necessarily by telling them what to do or how to do, but simply by my actions, maybe by attitude instead of... Um, preaching? How am I a person in whom people can recognize God? In my religious congregation, there is a custom that a sister who makes her last vows, final vows, needs to choose a, what we call a mystery. So it's like a little bit like a program for life. 
that is connected with some attributes of God. So we will have, uh, for example, uh, sister, let's say, Anne of Jesus, para, or Jesus the preacher. Or we will have sister Luke uh, of, Paracl- of Holy Spirit Paraclete. Different names. The one that appeared to me was God's countenance. Because I believed strongly and my plan for life was back then when I was choosing it, that if I am to be a witness of Christ, people will encounter God in me. God's countenance, Holy Father, Spirit and Jesus, Trinity will be present in me. So this gospel from Tuesday, when Mary Magdalene says, Rabbi, is it you? It's the one that reminds me about the plan of life, which I declare, making my final vows. Am I helping others to see God? Wednesday. Oh my goodness, this gospel is uh, from Luke and talks about two disciples on the road to Emmaus. I really love it. They were people who were even, you know, leading the retreats about um, those disciples going to Emmaus. So I'm not going to really talk much about them. However, I really encourage you to read this. This is the Gospel of Luke, um, the chapter 24. Two disciples walking and talking. They are tired, they are upset, they are frustrated, they are joined by Jesus on the road. They don't recognize him again. This is a common thread of all the readings. But when they sit down, when they have a dinner together, when they break the bread, they say, this is Jesus. So how am I recognizing Jesus in other people? in the dinner table, in friendships, in partnerships, and of course, in the Eucharist, which is this breaking of the bread. Beautiful gospel. I strongly recommend to uh, read it again and see for yourself what reflections would it bring to you. Thursday, Jesus shows his wounds to his disciples. We are back to Luke again. Well, Jesus appears and as they are still scared, he says, touch me, touch me and believe. Here are the scars, here are the places where the nails were. I am the same Jesus. I have a body. Even I can appear and disappear, which always amazes me. That's, that's how body of resurrected, resurrected Jesus works. This gospel uh, will find its continuation on Sunday after Easter, when we hear the story about Thomas, who was not there with the disciples, when they saw and experienced Jesus' present. And the question from this gospel for this week. How determined am I in my search for Jesus? It is not about doubting. It is about certainty, which sometimes take over our ideas of trusting God. But he's okay with that. Asking questions, wanting to understand, 
wanting to touch him is understandable for him. He says, try, touch and believe. We arrive to Friday readings on Easter and we are back to John. Jesus helps his disciples and he feeds them with fish on the shore. So he is the sin. They all decided to go back to their life. They got the boat and went fishing. And as they come after the um, whole night of fishing, they see on the shore a little fire and they see that there is someone there preparing breakfast. One of them says, this is the Lord, this is Jesus. And then Peter says, oh yeah, definitely, I recognize him. And he jumps out of the boat and swims to the shore to greet Jesus. Jesus welcomes his disciples once again. I wonder, um, what did Jesus actually feel? Was he disappointed that instead of being on the mission to talk about him, they actually return back to what they were before they have known him? Or was he understanding? Or was he just saying, this is all part of the plan. Now you experience my death, you experience resurrection. I will feed you, I will remind you what I have told you and you will be ready for the mission. I would like to believe that what I just said is a little bit more of what Jesus was thinking about. That he was equipping and understanding his disciples that that's what it is. Resurrected Jesus enters life of his disciples again. He is changed. He is approachable, visible and yet not the same anymore. And maybe... Despite the fact that disciples return to their own life, he is just redirecting them again and say, I really wanted you to leave behind those boats and I really want you to be on the mission. And there you go. When we read the gospel from Saturday, gospel from Mark, this is exactly what he says. He says, go and make disciples around the world. He sends them off. On mission. This one, this gospel, come with the task of proclaiming the gospel around the world. And we all do that. We all do that in small or big ways. We really don't have to be priests or, nun or nuns. Even more, we should be the disciples, witnesses, proclaimers of Jesus' good news whenever, excuse me, whenever we are and whatever we do. We all do our proclamation of Christ ever since we were baptized and we continue doing that in our life. Well, there you go. This is a little bit of a walk through the Gospels for the whole week of Easter. Um, if you will just Google readings during the Easter octave, you will find all of those references that I was making throughout my talk. But you might be saying, okay, was it a lecture of, about what the Bible says about Easter? Not at all. 
not at all. It was rather my encouragement for you to open the Bible and, and enjoy those stories. I think that they are very powerful and they really connect so well with our life. Because uh, even though Easter events is the most significant event of our life, for us human beings, it's not as simple as happily ever after. It is really discovering Jesus Christ in our own life again from the different perspective. What do I learn from Easter and resurrection of our Lord? I learn the appreciation of the gift of life. God meets us at every stage of our life journey. He knows what works and what doesn't work for us and meets us just there. I learned hope for the life after death. Easter invites us to the invisible but yet to come reality. I learned from Easter that faith is a continuous journey of the life and death cycle which repeats many times in our life in many different ways. And finally, Easter is the triumph of life and love. There is literally no greater gift than that. God is life and love. Let us thank him for this. So today, when you pray, eat your meal, go for chocolate hunting with your kids, have a walk, have a nap, enjoy small or big things, enjoy the gift of life, give because you have received. Happy Easter everyone! Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will tune in again. Please share it with others, post about it on social media or leave your review. Feel welcome to visit my website seekinggodsgrace.com and follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again. Every blessing to you and your loved ones. Talk again soon.